We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Lincoln weather this upcoming week. If you are concerned about self-combustion, stay inside. 90 to 100 degree temps with some clouds and hopefully scattered thunderstorms mid to late week. And this segment is possible today because of Lincoln Electric System, Sarter Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up in the show, getting to know the workers of Lincoln, Nate Soder of John Henry's Plumbing will be in, and he's going to talk about something oh, this week, sump pumps. <laughs> you might want Boy. to think about one. Yeah. Lots of water this week. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're also going to talk uh, about moderately priced housing with Wayne Mortensen from NeighborWorks. Is there such a thing anymore? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be hard to define uh, moderate priced housing. Yeah, getting harder and harder. Well, anyway, we want to welcome our guest to the show, Nate from John Henry's Plumbing. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? (laughs) Pretty good. Um, And you're one of those workforce people that has found really good employment um, via apprenticeship at John Henry's. And right before we went on air, I was asking you, did you go to college for that? And you started to tell me the story and we sort of ran out of time, but (laughs) okay. Explain the whole apprenticeship and how people coming out of high school can get into a good career field. So John Henry's has their own apprenticeship. So you come work for us, you get paid. Um, the other big thing is they send you to class a couple nights a week, um, for a few hours for four years. And you just train with the guys on site and stuff. It, it's a nice. Uh... So it's four years, yep. but you're working right from right out of the gate. Yep. So you're making making money right out of the gate and learning as you go. So it's and that was a, uh, that was a factor in your decision making. Then it helped 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to go to college and waste a bunch of money. No offense to people that do, but but you've seen what yeah. has happened. Yeah. I mean, to some people, I'm making way more money by not going to college and just working and learning yeah. on site. So. And then just in case people didn't uh, hear earlier, uh, Nate is with John Henry's plumbing, heating and air conditioning. Yeah. 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 So you're on the, on the plumbing side of things and, yep. and how is John Henry's doing as far as workforce? Are they struggling to get workers? Are you guys in a pretty good position? We're doing pretty good, but we definitely need some help. I mean, there's Lincoln's growing drastically mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're we need help you know everybody needs help so so you've sure. got some apprenticeship yeah. positions available if there's them. any parents out there who have high school kids that don't want to go to college so right go out and uh think about the trades you might want to think you about know it. All, all trades yes uh, i think there's all a, trades. there's there's a uh big demand for that but particularly at john henry's right we gotta we gotta stick with with the company 100 percent. yeah john henry's a great place to work so you have a big family, I understand. Is that right? Yeah, I got And going to be expanding, maybe? And for yeah. those who can't see him, he looks like kind of a young guy. So how big <laughs> is your family? Well, I have three boys. Um, I have a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And we're adding another boy to the family in October. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Wow, good deal. <laughs> My wife's got her hands full, so. <laughs> and if I want to drive home a point here, you know, the trades, it, it is a lucrative job and you can support a family with four yeah. kids with yeah. 
what you're doing. So. 100%. Yeah, well, okay, let's talk about the rain that we've had the last couple of weeks. Tell me <laughs> tell me what it's been like in the, in the sump pump end of your industry. Let me tell you, we have been out at all hours of night because that's the only time, you know, you get home at 5, 6 right. o'clock. You're not noticing it until 10, 11 o'clock, and, and you're bailing water out at 10, oh my 11 o'clock at night calling me, and I'm rushing over there. And we're doing everything to make everything happen. You know, sometimes we run out throughout the night and we got to go back to the shop and your house is flooding out and it's <gasps> it's not very fun. You know, it causes a lot of damage. The so sub pumps, making sure they're working properly is, it's important. So, so these are you, these are repairs. These are people that have one, but it's not working correctly. Generally, yes. Then yeah. what happens to the other people that don't have one yet? Do you usually, do you get, I mean, you probably, do you get that call in the middle of the night or do they wait till the next day? We do get that call. Um, usually we try to figure out a way to make it work for the night so we can get back over the next day to figure out a permanent solution for sure. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, hey, I'm sure you've dealt with lots of different people. And let's just stick with the fun stuff. Why don't you give us a good story about <laughs> maybe a memorable client? Okay. Well, this one's not about sub pumps. It's about Moen as a brand yes. um, of faucets. They sell faucets and all sorts of good stuff. But... There's an older lady, um, this is probably five, six years ago, she had 20-year-old faucets. I'm talking the old gold finish, the whole nine yards, you know. Yeah, I'm very familiar with them. Yeah, whole bathroom is that style, so she didn't want to switch everything over and get away from that gold finish. And Moen has a lifetime warranty on their stuff. So I called Moen directly, said, hey, your faucet's leaking from one of the factory fittings. They sent her two brand new faucets, so these are 20 years old 20 after 20 years yeah they all, stuck with it yep yep 20 years old and i all i do is charge her labor and she's super happy i mean she's so thankful most customers are very thankful for you know what um it wasn't really until somewhat recently that our family got interested in figuring out how to how to do that and what what i would do in the past was i'd go to the hardware store and buy a fixture and then and then call the plumber and tell him to come and install it. And yep. I don't know that it would have ever occurred to me 20 years later to ask about a warranty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I think you can attest to this. There are different grades of, of faucets that you get at different locations. I don't yes. think pe- a lot of people don't don't know that i Most, did i did yeah. have a plumber once talk me out of he said that's basically a piece of crap that you buy 100 percent. <laughs> yeah I, unfortunately i have to do that same conversation yeah. too often so i mean big things when we supply stuff we can warranty the stuff out um grant we didn't supply that so Owen, as long as you're the original purchaser they'll do it but you have to have receipts you have to be able to show that information so but if you you buy... have to have the receipts after yeah. 20 years? Oh, yeah. Yep. So, oh, or really? They also register it in their system and that type of stuff, but sometimes uh, okay. it's not there, so you have to show a receipt. So it's kind of silly. But when you buy them from us, we have them all in our system, so you're logged for yeah. well, a lifetime of the faucet. And I do. <laughs> you know, we do when we do improvements. We keep a file because sometimes this affects what happens to you tax-wise when you right. go to sell the house. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, to use some things you save for more than seven years. 100%. So. Well, we are so sorry we run out of time. We'd love to talk to you more. But um, how do we get a hold of you over there at John Henry's if we, if, if someone needs to buy a sump pump or a mowing faucet? 
you can call 402-435-5555 and ask for Nate. <laughs> there you go. You can even ask for your favorite repair person. <laughs> coming coming up next, market conditions around Lincoln, Nebraska. We've got some updates for you on some of the things that we're hearing around town. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We're one of the only places in town where you can get a solid hour of local business news. So thanks for joining and sharing your time with us today. And this segment is possible today because of the Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. We wanted to talk a little bit about market conditions because Dave and I, being commercial realtors, were out and about talking to all kinds of businesses all the time. And I just I heard things today that were just so surprising well, to me. I mean, even if you haven't heard them directly from your clients, you can kind of see from some of the help wanted signs around town, Robin, that... Uh, some of the entry-level jobs that we think of at, say, for instance, fast food restaurants. That, oh, goodness. You know, three and four years ago, we would see the starting wages being nine, bucks nine of, maybe yeah. 10 maybe $11 an hour at some of them. And now they're in the mid-teens for a very basic entry-level right. job at a restaurant. Yeah, mid-teens. Um, cooks, I've heard cooks and dishwashers even higher than that. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And and even some retail uh, people that we see are, are seeing quite an increase in general retail type of jobs. And then the starting wages for, uh, as we talked about Stocking earlier, shelves. with, with uh, yeah. Stocking with, shelves, 20 bucks an hour and higher. Uh, for for some places and yeah. some places yeah well and you know here's the thing if you are and and i had this conversation with a local business owner who is not like a national she's a local business right. owner how hard that is for the local person to get over that hurdle in their own mind that a i have to pay that much and b that means i have to pray to raise my prices I don't I don't want to kill myself because of kindness. Yeah. You know, the customers are going to have to understand. But then you are caught in this spiral of perpetuating inflation, you know, yeah. and you feel guilty about that. But what can you do? You know, you your business has to survive. Absolutely, and it's uh one of those things that uh you just got to bite the bullet and and you and have make to it do happen. it and you have to explain it to the customers and yes i know it contributes to inflation but what are we going to do we got we've got to pay the workers and offer the product yeah. so like i say this too shall pass you know uh at some it point it won't in time. last forever this no. these things always but it, cycle it it goes to show that and i mentioned this on uh on jack's show on thursday morning that you know Supply and demand does work. And, it does. It makes wages go works, up. <laughs> works works better than forcing uh, uh, people to be paid a certain wage. It just kind of automatically happens when you run into a little cycle like the one that we're currently in. And we're seeing supply and demand on the product side yeah. be because there's a shortage of warehouse space. Mm -hmm. So if you have product that needs to be stored. Yeah. 
you what we're seeing is they're paying more they're paying more uh now we've got uh, we've got some uh, available right now uh warehouse space in particular but um it's at a size that's a little bit you know kind of a different size for a lot of people it's not the small size that's the ones that really are getting picked up fairly quickly it seems like i was doing a search for somebody that was looking for Oh, it was like thirteen to seventeen thousand square feet. No, that's of, a, de- uh, a decent size of warehouse space. space. Yeah, yeah I, I was doing a search for that, and you know, so, so many of the older warehouses don't have very high ceilings, right? And so you got to cross those off the list. So there was only one building in the both for sale and for lease categories that was available that would fit her her need. Yeah, I mean that is unheard of. I've been a commercial realtor since. 1990, and I don't ever remember it being that tight. Yeah, well, I, so I we know need, what you're talking about. Yeah, so if you own some land and you have thought about building a warehouse building and putting up for lease, please, please do it. Yeah. Please do it. Although, Robin, <laughs> if you see what the construction costs are on a new if building. If you can get around the steel prices. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I talked to one, build, or one builder who was telling me steel prices have gone up so much, I'm looking at tilt up. And yeah, we all used to think tilt-up was so much more expensive than metal, but it takes so long to get the steel. Yeah. Might as well just do the tilt-up. Right. Well, you know, here's another uh, area, Robin, that we're having uh, kind of a shortage, and this has worked uh, for my clients, and that is smaller office space. Boy, I have... For sale. I for ha- sale. I have noticed that this calendar year. For sale. I have that. really noticed that. Yeah, we had some older, we had an older property that had just an unprecedented level of traffic. The seller got his price. Like you, you were in a bidding war, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, I had one, yes, where we had multiple offers. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there with small office buildings for sale, that we do have a shortage of that right now. No doubt. Now, Uh, now we, we still have major construction going on for big companies you saw you saw a really big building permit yeah the other day i saw this the other day and i wanted to go double check you were so surprised at the amount you weren't sure you were right i thought there might be Uh, like a typo yeah exactly and but i drove by it It, it's the building that's a brand new building being built at 1121 Lincoln Mall. Over by the Capitol, kind, kind of. of it, it, that's about the two road. blocks. It's the road between the city-county building and the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Big old oh, cranes sticking out of the trees. Yeah, it's gonna. It's a good-sized building. And the reason why it you know, opened my eyes up, I saw a 24.5 million. 24.5 Building permit. <laughs> yeah. So I go, ooh, I, I better really double-check on this. So, uh, so yeah, I drove over there. It's... it's uh, got several uh floors already up of concrete it's it's impressive yeah and we put a picture of that on facebook so you can see the new construction there well we need to take a break but when we come back roger frank is going to be in to talk about a book entitled the behavior gap and after that we're going to have a drinking beyond the pandemic update we'll be right back everyone is excited about new business And our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. At the International Council of Shopping Centers in Las Vegas a few days ago, eager shopping mall owners and commercial real estate brokers tried to connect with potential tenants. 
The talk was about formerly online-only brands like Allbirds Shoes, who have started opening brick-and-mortar stores by using troves of consumer data to pinpoint neighborhoods where customers already live and where their store should be located. This, according to the Real Deal New York Real Estate News. And this segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. This is our national news segment, and we have with us Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. Welcome to the show, Roger. Hello, hello. You, glad you're back, Roger. Roger I am has, too. Yeah, glad to see you. Roger has a book review this time. Um, Carl Richards, the author of The Behavior Gap, has drawn attention to how unexamined behaviors and emotions can be to our detriment when it comes to living a happy and financially sound life. In many cases, we make poor financial decisions when experiencing panic or anxiety due to personal or widespread events. So, Roger, we want to hear your takeaway after having read this book. Yeah. So, have you guys experienced anxiety over the last week with the markets? No. I know a lot of people have. (laughs) So, I thought... It uh, goes up and it goes down. You know, I thought this conversation made sense for this week. It's a good good topic. It's a good topic. Uh, I'm just old enough, Roger, that I've just learned to stay calm during bad things. I've seen this happen before. Like four or five times now. You know, I agree. Over my 26 years of experience, I've seen this many times uh, as well. So... You know, Robin, uh, the behavior gap refers to the difference between a wise financial decision versus what we decide to do. Many people miss out on higher returns because of emotionally driven decisions, creating a behavior gap between their lower returns and what they could have earned. Hmm. Uh, Would you say things have been a little bit crazier, though? Yeah, for sure. Crazier than normal. Yeah. You know, the stocks have been up the last three years, uh, 19 through 21. We talked about that uh, over the last few shows. Um, Unfortunately, you know, when we are in a bull market or uh, witnessing the hype of product releases like Apple, you know, every fall as an example, uh, many investors may feel tempted to increase their risks or attempt to gain from emerging investments when stocks are high. This can lead to investors constantly readjusting their portfolios as the market experiences those upswings. However, stocks have sold over the last six months and are lower, as we've discussed as well. So in response to market volatility, investors may feel they need to choose more secure investments and avoid uncertain or unsafe investments. When stocks are low, a typical response may be to sell and effectively miss out on those potential long-term gains. It seems like keeping people from panicking is similar to trying to stop a mob. You know, it's hard Mm -hmm. to calm emotional people down. Yeah, it really has. You know, over the last six months, we've uh, made quite a few phone calls out to clients, and we've received a fair amount of clients' uh, calls as well. And and discussing just the markets and so forth uh, helps people calm down some. But as humans, viewing aspects of our lives through the lenses of current circumstances is certainly normal. Though short-term anxiety is normal as well. However, one emotional response to any event is letting the moment consume us. Many find it is difficult to think long-term. You put a plan in place for a reason. You've you've worked with that financial professional to do that. However, making a rash decision can 
inhibit the long-term benefit of maintaining the balanced perspective without reactionary behavior. So the market goes up and down at any given point, or it can remain the same. Uh, you, we've seen that through the years, uh, all three of those. One thing we can control is how we handle our financial strategy. Remembering the likelihood of recovery over time and the market's up and down movement can provide a more logical angle to calm those nerves. If you're experiencing financial anxiety in response to the markets that we've been going through, just take a deep breath. Uh, remember the potential for those long-term gains. Reach out to your financial professional and review your portfolio. Your financial professional and you can uh, have worked together to develop that portfolio, but that financial professional can help steady the waters and reaffirm those objectives that you put in place. If you're not getting the level of service that you're expecting from your current financial professional, then give me a call. I'd be more than happy to visit with you. Great. Thanks, Roger. Roger, the name of that book again in case people want to get it and read it. Yeah, it's called The Behavior Gap. The Behavior Gap. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Berthel Fisher and Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. In our Drinking Beyond the Pandemic update... American-made distillery, Dave. Did you see? Did you hear about this one? I did not, Robin. This is at 100 North 12th Street. So 12th and O, that would be next door to Keechel Art Gallery. Okay. Um, they have gone in and requested a building permit. They plan to do beer, wine, distilled spirits, and on and off sale. This is a micro distillery, and it would be allowed to manufacture 100,000 gallons of liquor annually. Well, I wonder if they'd be better off trying to produce gasoline with all the prices in gas right now. I'm just saying. Would you start a little production facility in the basement of your building? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Something we've all thought about. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next, Wayne Mortensen will be in from NeighborWorks to talk about about middle value housing and boy it's not easy to find middle value affordable workforce housing these days economic development is not boring it's our future it's grow lincoln 1499.3 klin if you are looking for an office building with excellent visibility and signage with parking in the back contact us about broadcast house Dave Albers of Albers Company and my company, Eshelman Commercial Real Estate, have this iconic building here at 43rd and O Street listed. Message us on Facebook or Twitter for more details. This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. Robin, we should introduce our guest in the studio with us. We want to welcome Wayne Mortensen from NeighborWorks, who are doing really good things here in doing town. Doing good deeds. Trying to help people afford affordable housing. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, guys. I'm doing better than the housing market is currently. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly the, uh, for low and moderate income. Boy, Absolutely. that's tough. Yeah, it has been for a while. It's only getting more and more strained uh, these days. Oh, I can only imagine. You know, okay, so for those who aren't familiar with NeighborWorks or maybe they forgot what it is, fill us in. Sure. No, and I'm, I'm pleased to be here on Grow Lincoln. I appreciate the, the invitation. Uh, so NeighborWorks Lincoln is a 36-year-old affordable housing and community development agency here in Lincoln. Uh, we specialize on uh, first-time homeowners, getting people uh, into their dream of first-time homeownership 
uh, stabilizing families and improving neighborhoods across the city. You do some things that maybe people aren't aware of, workforce fund, land trust. Mm-hmm. What What is that and what are the implications sure. of that? Yeah, no, we, we uh, tackle that issue uh, of uh, accessible housing and community stability through three different portfolios. One uh, is the uh, homeownership uh, program, uh, which I think a lot of people understand because we've put thousands of Lincolnites through the homeownership training uh, classes. Uh, that means that uh, after about an eight-hour sequence, Uh, individuals uh, leave that class uh, very confident and very excited about the uh, prospect of owning their own home and really uh, way more conversant about what what mortgage rates are, what uh, payment schedules mean, and how to take care of that new home of theirs. Uh, And then uh, uh, that's the, the really the predicate for all of the other work we do. Uh, the second portfolio or program area is real estate development, which I think everybody understands is, is we just build the houses. Uh, we uh, build or renovate about 75 homes uh, across the city and Lincoln every year. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, increasingly uh, we're um, invested in more uh, urban typologies, which we can talk about a little bit later. Uh, and then the third uh, strategy is uh, community building. Uh, that's the program area in which we work directly with neighbors and neighborhood leaders uh, to stabilize those neighborhoods, uh, increase leadership capacity, and connect them to resources and people that can help uh, advance those communities. Yeah. What Lincoln neighborhoods are you working on right at this time? Sure. Uh, we work citywide. Uh, the down payment assistance program that we offer to our homeownership program uh, graduates, uh, they essentially get a, a, a certificate for either a twenty-five dollars or $35,000 down payment assistance loan. Uh, that they can take anywhere in the city uh, and buy an existing home in a Lincoln community. Uh, now, uh, the the focus of that program, though, is on the core of, of Lincoln, the the inner neighborhoods that uh, maybe need a little bit more TLC than the others. Uh, if our homeowners choose one of those neighborhoods, which the city calls the NRSA, the Neighborhood uh, Revitalization Stabilization Area, uh, if they choose one of those areas, that DPA loan is fully forgivable if they're in their mm. home for 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, so uh, every year that they live there, that, that DPA loan is forgiven uh, 10%. So effectively, the loan becomes a grant. Yes, yes. And and that's really what helps our homeowners bridge the gap uh, yeah. uh, in getting uh, the home that uh, they can afford uh, in their current situation and uh, uh, really have those monthly payments that help their neighbors and or help their um, um, homes uh, put some money away for the first time, maybe get the kids going to the same school year round, which is a big uh, change for a lot of these families and and really able to then um, figure out what the next step is for them as a family. Certainly. So now we have these chronic housing shortages, but yet rising interest rates to hopefully offset the shortage. So how is this affecting you guys? Yeah, it's it's kind of paradoxical. Uh, it's harder. Uh, uh, loans are more expensive. I think one of my home ownership um, counselors told me yesterday that our families, based on current interest rates, are unable to afford a home. Uh, the the eligibility of the home uh, that they were able to afford has gone down between thirty five and forty five thousand uh, dollars. Thirty five to forty thousand, yeah. just with the interest rate just increases because of the interest we've rates. seen, yeah. and yeah. They're, we're not done. Yeah, because yeah. if you project that five or six percent interest rate over thirty years, it it tends to add up, uh, as the uh, financial planners say. Uh, that said, uh, the uh, increased interest rates have slowed uh, demand a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and for the first time in probably two or three years, we're finally seeing some homes that are on the market for a little while okay. uh, that our uh, okay. buyers can actually find. Uh, and 
and they're not uh, being gobbled up before they reach the MLS listings or are being given cash offers with no uh, inspection um, uh, requirements. So uh, it's a it's a double-edged sword for us today, um, uh, and uh, I think it, it, the Lincoln market has been that for quite some time. This is a theoretical question to you because I think how are we going to get houses in the future? Do you think that Lincoln should consider – experimenting with lifting some of the building codes. And I'm not saying that we should create dangerous housing, but I mean, could we have like a little test area where we don't hold builders to so many codes? I mean, do you guys ever talk about that or think about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. We've talked uh, about this in, in different formats over the years. Uh, Uh, A lot of the focus on affordable housing uh, from the outside is how do you make housing cheaper? Um, And it's not as if we're building a different house for an affordable family as we would be building for um, somebody out of Firethorn, right? The the construction types are very similar. Um, And in my experience in different markets before coming um, back home uh, to Lincoln, uh, I worked in Cleveland, St. Louis, D.C., and New York. And I think Lincoln is one of the the least restrictive markets that I've worked in. Um, And so I think building uh, codes often get kind of a bad rap. Um, There's nothing that we're doing here in Lincoln that's that's making um, uh, home construction super expensive. Uh, In fact, our organization would probably like to see a little bit more aggressiveness when it comes to home accessibility and sustainability, environmental sustainability, uh, to help homeowners uh, run their homes a little bit more efficiently, the lower the utility bills, for instance. Uh, but I think where the opportunity lies in that question and in that construct is is with zoning regulations. Uh, yeah. okay. in, in Lincoln, okay. um, land um, uh, availability um, and uh, demolition costs are so expensive that for us at NeighborWorks, we've been trying to densify wherever possible. And so things like Minimum lot area, minimum lot size uh, for single family or even duplex homes, uh, maximum densities, uh, those kinds of zoning regulations that uh, keep us from being able to build the the quantity um, and the number of homes that we could otherwise um, install. And, and not necessarily things that are out of context. It's still lovely homes in the context of the neighborhood, but maybe the, the current zoning regime does not allow for the kinds of density that we could otherwise achieve. And that's really the the goal for us. Oh, maybe we can talk the city into at least experimenting with changing that some little nook in Lincoln and see how it goes. Um, Do we need to wrap up, Dave? We do. We do. Unfortunately. I wanted to ask about your activities. I know you did a Taste of North 27th Street event. But, yeah, get on. What's your website so people can look for, like, the fun stuff that you do? Sure, sure. We're active on Twitter and uh, Facebook. And then uh, the website's nwlincoln.org. Obviously, uh, uh, love to talk to anybody that wants to call us and ask us their questions as well. Well, you guys are doing good things, and we are behind you. Love what you do. Um, Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and relocating. We'll be back with news about some of the new companies starting up in Lincoln. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made And if I have my way, I'm going to stay. Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Grow Lincoln with Robin Eshelman and Dave Alberts. 
This segment is possible today because of University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business, Frank Financial Concepts, and Realtors Association of Lincoln. Two Girl Lincoln fans asked what is going on at the Fresh Time Grocery Store at 52nd and O. Um, Kathleen Weiser and Eric H. saw some tape out there. Um, What we believe may have been the case is that was the scene of an unfortunate traffic fatality accident on Memorial Day weekend where crowds were gathered in front of the Fresh Time grocery store. Um, The Journal Star described this as a flashpoint for the unfortunate fatal events. So I would imagine that's probably why the tape is still up. Sure. And I... I do remember driving down the street and seeing barricades up uh, in that parking lot uh, myself. Uh, anyhow, let's let's jump to something maybe a more little pos- more, more, more positive. More positive. How yeah. about how about the opening of a little coffee shop? Yeah, on North Twenty Seventh, five oh five North Twenty Seventh. Twenty uh, seventh Bloom Coffee, and um, they've actually been there for several weeks, yeah. uh, maybe you know two or three months. I wasn't aware of it until recently, but th- this does not have a drive-through, and it but it is five blocks north. And no, it's on your way towards O Street. So it, it, if you live north, this is on your morning drive. Pull in and just run in and get coffee. Great, cute Always. little locally owned shop. Another. Another nice small business on North 27th. Yes. We also have one on uh, North 48th, don't we, Robin? We do. I should check and see if they're open yet. If if they are not open yet, they're going to be open any minute. It's called Motor Food, and that is one of those um, food trucks that has decided to do a storefront location. And this location would be um, kind of near Outback Steakhouse is where it's at 621. Yeah, it's in but it's in the shopping center behind it where the carpet and flooring store is and the hardware store. It's around on the side that faces 48th Street. There you go. Robin, we also unfortunately have a closing at Meadow Lane Shopping Center. That's at 70th and Vine Street. Yes. Um, Franklin's Treasures and Treats plans to close by the end of June. Um, so they've been having sales, basically, uh, right. you know, clearing clearing the store out. I'm sure they've been affected by inventory issues during covid here because they get a lot of their product they did indicate that their product prices are increasing so yeah it's uh it is tough if you are dealing with inflation at the micro level and you have to make hard decisions yeah and then on top of things you got to commit to a you know a significant time frame on a lease so i i i can understand yeah that's the thing if inflation is going up but you your lease comes up for renewal what do you do you know you have to balance the cost of rent with the cost of product and sometimes it's a hard decision yep absolutely hey let's jump down to the telegraph district because this is kind of kind of a cool new bar going in uh the post piano bar on the north end of the telegraph flats by m street 
Yes. yes. Post Piano Bar, um, the developers are saying, is going to be coming to that. Um, lots of apartments there. I think most of the apartments that are built are filled up there. They have had no trouble is that right? renting yeah. apartments there. And we constantly talk about how that is the mill is the kind <laughs> the of the anchor, anchor tenant. For that. And, <laughs> for that, and apparently yeah. they're, they're most... Uh, well, I was going to say profitable, but let's ju- let's just assume that it's the most profitable because it is the busiest. Now we're supposed to say that Nelnet is the anchor tenant. That's true, <laughs> but people like coffee and they know what that is. <laughs> you tell them the mill, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know what right. you mean." When you say telegraph district, I know where the mill is. <laughs> right. So well, I agree with you. <laughs> it just sounds, you know, more fun. Yeah, that you know they did. Nelnet's done a great job in our community, though. I, I got to give them high marks. Yeah, they've done a lot. They've invested a lot. They could have probably gone someplace else, but they have they've stayed uh, true to Lincoln. They've publicly stated how loyal they are and how they want to see Lincoln succeed. That's really cool. You have another uh, place that's opening that's kind of unique, Robin. Up near the airport. Um, And when you think about this, this makes sense because there's kind of a tradition of this. Diamond Palace Wedding Hall is opening at 2301 Northwest 12th. That is near the Casey's Gas. And, yeah, the airport has always had places you could go for a wedding reception. So that makes some sense Yeah, to, to do that up there. And I think... I think we're still playing catch up from COVID on these weddings, don't you think? Well, I know that I had a family member, my son, uh, had to delay his wedding due to COVID. He has subsequently gotten married and uh, been through the ceremony, but there wasn't a a one-year delay. Well, yeah, and I don't think this year that weddings are backed up like they were last year. But I remember last year, we were invited to a wedding on Father's Day. So this was exactly a year ago. On Father's Day in, in the evening, and the the bride and groom were from Lincoln, but they had to have the wedding in Omaha because they couldn't even find a place in Lincoln. No and they had And they had to schedule it on Father's Day, on Sunday night. They had to schedule their wedding just to find a place. Wow. Isn't so, that interesting? Yeah. So weddings are, you know, they've been pretty hot the last year. Sh- certainly. Well, Robin, I think we're going to have to kind of finish up uh, for this segment. Yes. Um, Thank you for joining us on Grow Lincoln today. We hope that you will support the businesses that are opening, closing, and relocating that we talked about. We'll see you next week. Mm